Welcome, friends, to Workplace Injury Prevention, a fit-for-work podcast where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. My name is Curtis Kopotic, and I am your host, and I am joined by my co-host, Amber Brown. Hey, Curtis. Today, we have a panel of athletic trainers that work in the industrial setting. Anna, Colin, and Marco are all joining us today to talk a little bit more about their experience as an athletic trainer and how it pertains to working in the industrial setting at various clients. Yeah, we really wanted to to what can occur from safety as opposed to getting more to the who is getting into safety. And they really do bring great insights on things that people should consider coming into this setting. Yeah. So it isn't just for the site safety people that we've been talking to or on-site personnel, but this is for athletic trainers as well. If they're looking at maybe making a career change or something, a little bit of something for everybody today. So we hope you enjoy this panel discussion as much as we did recording it. Amber and I are really excited to have a panel of industrial athletic trainers all gathered together to talk about their experience. And so we're going to go around and have each of you all introduce yourselves as you can just give us your name, how long you've been an athletic trainer, and the different type of settings that you have worked in besides the industrial setting. Hi there, everybody. My name is Anna Jabalisco. I have been certified as an athletic trainer since 2017. My previous experience before this was Division One Athletics. My name is Colin Zuber, and I've been an athletic trainer since 2007. I come from a pretty wide variety of previous employment, ranging from medical sales to sports performance training to the traditional setting and now into industrial. Hey, everybody. My name is Marco Nunez. I've been an athletic trainer since 2001. My majority of experience comes kind of pretty much in the traditional setting, primarily in the professional setting, sports performance. I had a little bit of experience working in industrial athletic training about a little bit over a decade ago for about a month or two. It was somewhat of a graveyard shift, so I don't think I was ready for it. I've also had the opportunity to work a little bit in the movie industry, which somewhat relates to industrial athletic training. Very cool. And you know what, Curtis, I was just thinking as I was hearing everybody giving their introductions, I'm wondering if the listeners have heard where we've come from. So I am also an athletic trainer. I have been certified for almost 21 years now. <laughs> um, I, I uh, have been in the collegiate setting and then clinical orthopedic clinic setting and now industrial setting as well. So that's a little bit of my background too. That's awesome. So I got certified back in 2011. So it's only been about nine years, but I have worked in uh, some clinic settings, a high school, a college, and and industrial as well. So that's great that we have such a wide variety, especially, you know, not, not just the traditional, but they're with some sales and some professional. So we are going to start off with Anna. If you could tell us what led you to even look into the industrial setting compared to all the other settings that are available for athletic trainers. You know, I had spent three years about in, in Division One athletics and was working football and track and field and really just burning the candle at both ends. Anybody who's been in Division One athletics knows how grueling that can be. And, you know, I was kind of looking to change things up. I was looking for a location change. I was looking for better work-life balance for myself. And, you know, the current position I'm in just kind of came across, you know, my desk. And it was, I didn't know much about the industrial setting, be really clear. 
about that. I mean, I was pretty ignorant to how much athletic trainers do and can do in the industrial setting. So I say I kind of fell into this job by accident. It wasn't me really seeking out the industrial setting. It was me seeking out a change and then happening to be in this position I'm in now. You know, Anna, I'm really glad that you bring that part up, the fact that you didn't know a whole lot about the industrial setting. And that's what we're hoping to provide with this panel today is not only information for other athletic trainers out there, but maybe the site safety personnel that have been listening in or CEOs or something of these various industries that we've all worked for and how valuable an athletic trainer can be on site. Marco, you mentioned some kind of film experience before your industrial experience but what led you into this setting? Working in athletic trainers and athletic trainer for same thing, about 21 years, once I got certified, pretty much the same thing, kind of like when Anna, you know, I enjoyed what I was doing, uh, had fun, um, had a lot of experience. And like she mentioned, burning the candle from, from both ends, you know, married, have three kids and not having the opportunity to be around with them as much as I want to. I've been trying to kind of create a more of a work-life balance um, between my family and my work. I was familiar with a little bit with industrial athletic training. Like I mentioned, I had an, uh, an opportunity to work for a company about over a decade ago, and I did it for maybe one or two months, but it was a graveyard shift. And at the time, I don't think I was ready to kind of dive into industrial athletic training. Once I left the professional setting or, or the traditional setting of athletic training, I was trying to look for something different. I also thought about going to the collegiate, but just like Anna said, you know, I had an opportunity to go to a D1 program, but I felt like I was just going to do the exact same thing, you know, the hours grueling and everything of that sort. And when I saw the opportunity to come work in the this or athletic training um, environment, I jumped at it. Colin, you kind of have a, a different experience with sales as well. And that's a, I've done that myself, door-to-door sales, very grueling job. Uh, how, how did you get into this industrial setting? And what differences and similarities have you seen between those previous settings and what you're doing now? When I was mentioning earlier about the the wide variety of settings that, that I was uh, participating in, it was out of necessity, really. I kind of bounced around all over the place because uh, like both Marco and Anna, we tend to get burnt out, you know, in the the athletic training world. Uh, It's something that's pretty common. So that certainly happened to me as well. So the position I was in was I really enjoyed the education and taking care of people. It was the setting that was challenging for me. So I kind of bounced around all over the place trying to find my niche, you know, in the athletic training world and in the industrial setting wasn't even something that I was aware of. I bounced around all over the place, like I said, did the the sales thing for a little while. The one thing I loved about sales was communicating with people and taking care of them. You know, I felt like I was actually providing a, a valuable service when I was doing house visits to set up medical equipment. Um, I got some real satisfaction out of that. But when it turned into putting on a sales hat, I was not a sales you know, I, I tried to be respectful of the person I was trying to sell to and just not nearly as pushy as I probably should have been. So and in the sales world, that that just doesn't transfer very well. So I found the industrial setting kind of just to give it a try. It came across my desk, just like Anna had said, and I was interested. It was an avenue I hadn't really heard about. So give it a try. Found that I loved it. That was in 2013. I definitely found my niche. I love this industry, and I'm able to relate that same communication to patients or employees 
that I was in the uh, the medical sales side of things. So Colin, let's kind of play on that a little bit more. And you talked a little bit about that communication and that caring. What are some similarities and differences between those previous settings and the industrial setting? If you want to expound on that a little bit more. I found that in the medical sales world, you know, whether you're taking care of uh, patients or doing in-home house visits, people care. They care about their health. That was what I could easily translate into the industrial setting. You know, people care about their jobs. They care about their health. They care about their well-being because this is their future. This is their livelihood. Very similarly in the medical sales realm, people wanted to get better. People wanted to go back to doing the things that they enjoyed doing and loved doing. And so in the industrial setting, I feel like we're able to provide that service to them. You know, if they're sore or they're hurting, we're able to help them get better so that they can live their best life. That's great. Anna, what do you think are some similarities between the industrial setting and what you saw at at D1? You know, when I first came into this position, people asked me that all the time. What similarities do you see or why would you ever leave, you know, college athletics? And I tell people there's so many more similarities than you'd think. I constantly use the analogy of parent and coach. When I work with my on-site safety teams, I call them the parent, right? And I get to be the coach on-site. I love to use athletic analogies because people like athletics. So I say, listen, you're the parent. If you tell them an employee to lift safely or take care of their bodies, it's like my parent nagging me. But man, if my coach comes in and my coach really tells me, hey, I want you to feel better. I want you to play better, work harder, all these things. It's like, man, my coach wants me to be better. My coach cares about me. And so I use that analogy a lot. And like I said, I think that's something I see really similarly between athletics and an industrial setting. It's a lot of the dynamics you see between athletes and coaches and parents and athletic trainers still kind of exist. And another thing I think is super similar is just the relationships you get to build. That was something I personally, as a a huge people person and something that drives me really significantly in medicine, was worried about in leaving athletics. I had great relationships with my teams, with my athletes, and I still get that, you know, and I still get the opportunity just because I'm not taking an athlete from surgery to the football field. Now I'm taking an employee from injury back to healthy work. And that is so impactful for me that I can get someone who's maybe had pain for months that they can go and work every day without pain. You're doing such similar things. It's just in the avenue you're doing it. And I think that was something that I wish somebody had told me sooner, that a lot of the things I was worried about releasing in the athletic world, I would still get here. You know, Anna, I'm really glad that you brought that up. And I called on you specifically with that D1 experience, because a lot of times during new hire training, I actually say to the employees, I say, you know, I have collegiate athletic training experience. And the reason why my job now applies in the industrial setting is because you guys are going to be working harder than any division one athlete in your first week. And I always, you know, go back to the NCAA rules and regulations on how many hours each athlete can put into their sport. That includes film, that includes meetings. And these employees are coming on site. Some of them are starting out 10, 12 hours a day. And so instantly they are putting in more time and stress on their bodies than any of these kind of big time athletes that all of us have been working with in the past. So I think that that, you know, transition just flows so naturally. And it's, it is something that some people may not have thought of before. When I do new hire training on sites for employees, I always call them industrial athletes. 
And that gets a giggle out of them because a lot of them maybe don't have the physique of a college athlete. But I tell them, I'm like, you work hard. You're incredibly skilled. You're trained in something specific. And you are all working towards a common goal, just like a team. You know, I think if we frame for employees... that we think of them in the same way, right? I think of you as an industrial athlete because you are, you use your whole body, right? And like you said, you work hard, you're working maybe 12 hours a day. Let me help you just like I would help an athlete. That's really what makes this job so special is you don't lose those type of relationships. You know, I've known people for you know six and a half years and I know them before they get hurt. I know them while they're hurt and I know them after they get hurt. And that's, I think, a big difference between us and the clinical setting for sure. So, Colin, have you had a similar experience with this? Yeah, very recently I had a site contact put it in a really, really great perspective about the importance of having athletic trainers on site. And what he said really stuck with me. And what that was is he said the average, you know, athlete or running back, if you will, has a an athletic career of maybe three to four years. Well, it's important to bring athletic trainers on site because this is uh, someone's career that we're talking about. You know, we have athletic trainers with athletes whose career is going to last three to four years, whereas, you know, in the industrial setting, this could last 20, 30, 35 years. I thought that that was a very interesting take on the importance of bringing us on site. Oh, definitely. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Do sprains and strains just keep happening at your business? You need an experienced partner. A fit-for-work on-site injury prevention specialist will work directly on the floor, in the field, out in the trucks, wherever your employees are, to prevent the injury from ever occurring. Our comprehensive focus on the three leading indicators to an injury, early soreness, ergonomics, and behaviors, will ensure that this program is very different than others and is much more than just a symptom and response process. Instead of delivering a solution that simply reacts, you will have the satisfaction of knowing that you have instilled a workplace injury prevention program that is constantly shifting your environment further and further upstream into the state of proactivity. Reach out to wellworkforce.com if you need more information. Marco, if you could... Tell people about what kind of a day in your life is. Well, what is an average day that you go through and how you interact with those that work in the industrial setting? Yeah. So when I go on site, my goal is to try to interact with the employees as much as I can and kind of just be present and, and make myself available to them. One of the things I love to do, and I think that uh, I've noticed at one of the new sites and new clients that we started working with is being present and being available and also just asking them questions and, and wanting to learn what they do. So I think that one of the things that we do, is, I guess we refer to as ergonomic observations, we go out to the actual site, we see what they're doing. And I tend to ask them questions. And sometimes they kind of ask, you know, why are you here? What's your purpose of, of being here? And basically what I tell them is, hey, I want to learn from you guys. What do you do? What makes What's making your job more difficult? How can I help you make your job a lot easier? Stuff like that. And when when they show that, they, that you are interested in them and that you're actually there to help them and benefit them and just like, like Colin said, you know, make their work experience a lot better and a lot healthier – they're more receptive. They're like, oh, okay, well, you actually, you care about us. I'm like, yeah, just like like Anna mentioned, you know, working in the D1, working with athletes as athletic trainers, one of the reasons why we, I think we traditionally go into athletic training is because we care about our athletes. We want to see them succeed. We want them to see them rehab. We want them to see, you know, as much as we would love to, for them to hang out in the training room, we ideally want them to see them on the field. Same thing with these employees. 
we want them seeing out there working. We want them, you know, making money, benefiting their, their families. They all have kids. They have, you know, mortgages and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, they're trying to do the same thing that we're trying to do. They're trying to pay all their bills. When the employee sees, hey, you know what? You're here. You want to help me. It's almost like, oh, okay, well, and then you, they welcome you and then they, they'll, you know, communicate with you and stuff like that. I think that's one of the, the big things that I like to do out there. Colin, kind of along those lines, can you talk to us a little bit about your role with safety managers on site and, and how that plays out day to day? Yeah, this is a working relationship that we have with our, our safety site contacts. You know, we are a team together. It's not pitting one versus the other, or taking all the credit for successes or wins that we may have on site. We truly approach this whole dynamic as a team. We want to make you guys shine so that, you know, when you're presenting that end of the year information to the upper management or the execs, they look good. So uh, there's a constant relationship and communication that goes on on site every day with our, our main site contacts. So instead of it being a more you know traditional setting of athletic trainers, it's always a hurry up and go mentality. It's you, you hurry up to get everything ready for practice and then you sit and you wait for practice to be over. And then as soon as practice is over, you hurry up and get everybody back. And so Anna, how has that model changed for you in your more day-to-day? How would you describe your more day-to-day for somebody who wants to know what you do kind of throughout? I think my day is very similar in some ways and very different in others. I think I had longer days in athletic training, but a lot of that time, like you said, is sitting at practice or waiting while my athletes are are at weights. And in that time, maybe I'm working with people and maybe I'm not. Where in the industrial setting, I spend so much of my day going, which for me is great. I think most athletic trainers are busy people. We like to be busy. We like to get our hands on as many people as we can. I think that motivates a lot of athletic trainers is kind of this busy mentality, a healthy busy. And I think I have the autonomy to make my day busy. I have the autonomy to get out and see employees, watch them work, talk like Marco was saying, talk to them about their job. Tell me about your day and build those relationships. I'm not sitting and waiting for an athlete to come into the training room or I'm not standing at practice, crossing my fingers, hoping there's no injuries, right? My day is so much bigger than that. And for me, that, like I said, that's really fulfilling. I love the multifaceted parts of my day. So for me, I said that starts with checking in with employees who maybe are injured. That is worksite observations, um, whether that's for a process or for a person. It's checking in with leadership and talking to people. I get so much satisfaction from, again, the relationships I get to build, the amount of conversations I get to have, and the impact I get to make in a different way. It's not just post-injury for me. I get to also check in with somebody, hey, my shoulder's a little sore. I don't have a torn labrum, right? I'm not at that level yet. I just have a sore shoulder and I can instantly make their day better and more productive. Marco, let's speak to the athletic trainers out there. We just did a little round for everybody else kind of in the industrial setting. As an athletic trainer, as we all kind of were, we were a little bit nervous about getting into the industrial setting. So speak to those. How did your education and degree as an athletic trainer or certification prepare you for this role that you have now? 
When I first entered into the industrial athletic training, I did a lot of observation as far as looking at the employees and their movement patterns and all that stuff. And right away, it kind of clicked and it made complete sense. Yes, you know, traditionally, athletic trainers have worked with athletes. That seems like when we go to school and to get our degree, that's kind of what we focused on. But as far as observing some of these employees, lifting windows, lifting boxes, their movement patterns, all that stuff, just like Anna said, she refers to them as industrial athletes. And they are, they're industrial athletes. And sometimes I joke with, with the people that I work with is is that, you know what, if you get a professional athlete or you get a D1 athlete and you have them come out here and do your exact same job for 8 to 12 hours, just like they do, I'm almost guaranteed that they're not going to come back the next day. They're like, forget this. I'm done. I'm out of here. In the traditional setting, the athletes lift weights. They prepare for this. They do all this stuff because they know they're going to go and play a game or they're going to go practice for two hours. And that's just two hours. And oftentimes, they don't play the game until the following day. So they usually get like a 24-hour day off to recover. Well, these employees don't. These employees can work between 8 to 12 hours. They don't get a day off. You know, I talked to them employees that, hey, you know, I, I didn't get home till 9 p.m. and I have to be here at 6 a.m. So as, as far as this is my mentality, as far as the way I, I used to approach with athletes, it's the same mentality that I take with the employees. Their lifting patterns, their movement patterns, their soreness, their achiness are pretty much same related, just like athletes do, just like Anna mentioned. It's the same process. And the word industrial athletes is probably perfect for these individuals. Colin, what's your take on all of that? How did athletic training prepare you for your industrial training role? Marco had touched on it as well. You know, it's all movement patterns. Our industrial athletes are essentially performing a lot of the same movement patterns that our our athletes do. And as, you know, musculoskeletal experts, we thrive in that world. So it's just transferring that knowledge into a different setting. It might look a little different than than what you expected while you were going through your coursework, but, you know, boiled down, it's the same thing, really. I think about, I took biomechanics in college and studied movement patterns of athletes, whether that was running or jumping or squatting, you know, whatever it is. Some of our employees are doing those same things. We call it ergonomics because it's in a workplace, but it really is just biomechanics. It's the study of the body and movement, just like Colin was saying. And so I think it's about just changing your reference and not your knowledge. It's already all there. It's just where you're putting it. That's a great point. It really is everything that we've learned. There's no difference than a mechanical disadvantage with how somebody's wrist is positioned in baseball as opposed to lifting a box. If your wrist is in the wrong position, it can cause an issue whether you're on the mound or moving a box or shoveling. Um, so let's go kind of, we'll kind of end with this question as an each one of individual. And we'll start with you, Anna. Quickly, what would you give that piece of advice for those that are looking into the industrial setting. I just gave a presentation to the Nebraska State Athletic Training Student Association, and they asked me the same thing. And what I told them was, it's okay to leave athletics. In my personal experience, it was kind of, I told them like, be brave. Just because this is what your traditional path was, and this is what everyone told you you should do, doesn't make you a failure for leaving. And that was something on a really personal level that I had to struggle with was it's like, man, do I really give up athletics? The thing I thought I was working for my whole education and then my years of experience, like, am I walking away from that? And yeah, I was. And honestly, it's been a great decision for me. And so I would say to anybody listening who, if this even piqued your interest in the industrial setting is it's okay, (laughs) right? Like it's okay to not want that traditional mold that somebody told you you should be in. Oh, that's fantastic. Colin, how about you? 
Well, I certainly wish that I would have heard Anna's advice a long time ago as well. But my piece of advice would be to ask questions. Um, you know, this is an emerging setting. So there's a strong likelihood, you know, there might be somebody in your circle or of your connections that is involved in the industrial setting. And I know, personally speaking, I love talking to other athletic trainers about the industrial setting. So if you're somebody that's kind of on the fence or you haven't really immersed yourself into it or ask those questions, seek somebody out and ask those questions because we love talking about it. That would be my advice. That's great. And how about you, Marco? Take us home. What is your bit of advice for our listeners? And I was completely right. You know, as, as athletic trainers, when you're an undergrad or getting your master's program, you're traditionally the mindset is that you are going to school and being trained and being educated to work with athletes, whether it's at a D1, D2, junior college, professional level, whatever it is. But, you know, every time I speak to student athletic trainers, I always kind of constantly remind them that athletic training has evolved over the last decade, if not even more, that athletic trainers are no longer just traditionally in the sport setting, industrial athletic training. Industrial training is a huge component that's been kind of evolving and has been, it's going to continue to evolve. You find athletic trainers in the movie industry. You find athletic trainers even in the military nowadays. You have athletic trainers working for the Marines, the Army, because they do the same movement patterns as the athletes. And I guess at, at the end of the day, just like Anna mentioned, one thing I always talked about to talk to student athletic trainers is also the balance between work and life. I don't try to sugarcoat it and say, hey, you know, if you do work for D1, you work at the professional level, the work-life experience area is very grueling because you're working long hours. It's just something what's going to make you happy and what you're going to want to do. Same thing with Colin. I wish you know, I knew about it. I knew I had a little bit in, an interest in athletic training about 10 years ago, but I wish I knew way back then so I could just go right into it. I think those are all great pieces of advice. You know, I would definitely agree with everything that was said that it. There's more options than just the sports settings. There are definitely more options that people should check out. And this is not just a setting for athletic trainers. I mean, we have occupational therapists. We have physical therapists that are in this setting as well. So all those outside of the, the branches of care can really make a difference. So I, I want to thank all of you for giving your feedback and sitting down with us and talking about this important aspect of career changing that can change people's lives and can be pretty darn secure during a pandemic. It's very sad to see a lot of people having to you know be furloughed but though thank you all for your time i really appreciate everything it's great to get together who are i've been working in this setting for for quite a while just as they all talked about and i can attest to that work-life balance is huge i have four kids and I've been able to maintain my job with confidence knowing, hey, I have my weekends back. I can watch my favorite sports teams instead of just working with one sports team and being able to have that a better financial freedom thanks to being in this setting. It's a setting that wants to take care of us and our profession and really helps to still find that fulfillment. Would you agree with that? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, even just the freedom to have time to do this podcast that Curtis and I have now been doing for almost two years in the collegiate setting, or even when I was in the clinical setting, I wouldn't necessarily have had the time or energy to be able to put into a podcast as well. So really just a lot of work-life balance and, and freedom. But the other thing that I really enjoy is the industrial athlete part of it. And 
that not only plays to athletic trainers looking to get into this setting and kind of relates to how similar things are and that our education is right along lines with getting into this setting, but also for those looking to prevent injuries or have somebody on site to help out with injuries or ergonomics or things like that. Athletic trainers are key people. Like this is what we do. This is what our education has, you know, trained us for. So just the two words, industrial athlete, like Anna said, should speak to everybody that's listening to this and how important athletic trainers are to this setting. So we just want to thank you for listening to another episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen. And to get a hold of us, you can email us podcast at wellworkforce.com. And you can always connect with us by going to our website, wellworkforce.com. And remember, prevention improves lives.